And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey, it's Andy. I hope everybody had a happy and healthy 4th of July weekend. We had a blast. And you know that we were busy talking about realignment and all of the other changes going on in college football. If you're listening to this right now, it means that the powers that be that run the sport have decided that they were going to enjoy their July 4th, that they were not going to have any earth-shattering bombshell news drop while everybody was shooting off their fireworks. Because you're about to listen to an episode that actually you were supposed to hear on Friday of last week. Ari Wasserman and Antonio Morales and I recorded this episode on Thursday about an hour and a half before the news of UCLA and USC going to the Big Ten broke. And Ari and Antonio were in LA, they were at the Elite 11, they were talking to a bunch of the best quarterbacks in college football right now, and a bunch of the future best quarterbacks in college football, and we had a great discussion about playing quarterback in 2022, who we expect to be some of the better players this coming season, who we expect from the the ranks of the recruits to really make a difference with their programs, but if you hear us talking about somebody who's going to USC and we don't mention that they're going to the Big Ten, that's why. We didn't know that yet, but it's a fascinating discussion. We talked about NIL. We talked about how all of these changes are affecting these quarterbacks and and what it means now. And also just who Ari and Antonio liked when they got a chance to see them. Uh, NC State fans, you're going to be happy this year. Florida State fans, you may be happy in the coming years. So there's a little, little tidbit for you there, but hope you enjoy. And now let's talk about some quarterbacks. Antonio... Morales, who actually lives in California, Ari Wasserman, who's just visiting, they've been covering Elite 11. They've been out watching your favorite quarterback prospects and some of your favorite current college quarterbacks living it up in Redondo Beach. How's it going, guys? It's going well. It's day three with Ari now, so kind of just hanging on. I thought this was going to be a Judge Andy episode because I figured Ari would have said something that had blown your stack at least three times in these last two days. Ari's had Ari's been kind of reasonable on Quinn Ewers' takes ever since Arch committed. Um, I I think the Texas recruiting surge that he kind of predicted is is happening. Uh, Yeah, but he yeah, but he now he now he's convinced Texas is back, and I have to I've got to reel Ari. I got to reel you in. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the, the still a the five and seven team that lost to Kansas last year. The, there's a lot of work to be done. I'm just excited for the 2024 playoff that has USC, Texas, Texas A&M, and North Carolina in it. Oh, oh yeah, he is still high <laughs> in North Carolina. Oh good lord, this but, is going to be know, Louisville. Louisville might take that spot for Ari. We're not sure yet. Yeah, we'll see what happens when it comes to that because they have a pretty good class and. I was pretty excited to watch Pierce Clarkson. He's looked really good. So um, I think there's a lot of perspective that we get from being at the Elite 11 and watching these guys and and seeing uh, them be human. And, you know, it it, it just like reminds me of, of, of everything that people are 
are talking about with the NIL and, and these young guys. And, you know, we'll, we'll get into all that, but it's been really fun to be out here. And, well, you know, let, let's, let's talk about that. Cause you had a really interesting story on Dante Brown, who's a quarterback recruit from Detroit, who is the last top 10 QB in the class, or, or I guess top, top 50 recruit who's a quarterback in the class who has not announced where he's going yet. And one of the things it sounded like his whole thing was he, he doesn't want to talk very much. He doesn't really want people to look at him the way they're looking at Jaden Rashada right now after Rashada's commitment to Miami because everybody's everybody has a, an assumption of how everything went down and Rashada is is disputing things that the guy who's representing him is saying and like I, I get where where Dante Brown's coming from like I wouldn't want to be caught up in something like that either as a high school kid or even as a grown adult. Yeah, uh, Dante Moore's a really or Dante interesting Moore, guy. Sorry. Uh, because he uh, he understands that like a lot of that stuff's out of his control, but also too, it's just like Jaden Rashada never said anything about it, you know. So kind of like no, it, it was like an adult that was in his life that you know caused that, and I think a lot Mul of multiple people, adults in his life. Yes. yes, yes, and I think that's obviously the number one thing that people worry about when it comes to nil because a lot of these kids have no idea what's going on or how the world works yet because they're kids. And they're involved in some pretty big business, uh, valuable deals that, you know, regardless of whether the numbers are accurate or not, are, I mean, there's still a lot of money for regular people. So, um, you know, in these NIL collectives and stuff are signing. I, I've seen people signing rights for five years into the future when, you know, they could be in the NFL. And, you know, like there's a lot of things happening right now that aren't, uh, you know, 100% thought through by a 17-year-old boy. So, like, I, I get that you know, he's in a position right now where he just doesn't want to talk to people. And I wouldn't want to talk to people either. So, well, and, um, and Dante Moore, it feels like there's, there've been a, tons of assumptions about him. Like there was an assumption for a long time that he was going to Notre Dame. And now the assumption is he's going to Oregon. And like, if I were him, I'd be like, I'm not saying it. Are these, is, is this pushing them all into being, becoming Arch Manning where you just drop a tweet and, and be done with it? Well, I think it's kind of, if these deals or these, brokering of of deals is making them adults uh pushing them into adulthood then maybe you start acting more like an adult would in that same scenario what happens every single time a big story happens or somebody's leaving a college program and wants to go to a new job or is interviewing for something and you text them you get you get a response most of the time never. not till it's over right yeah never so you know this is kind of an interesting thing because there's this intersection between you know recruiting coverage where a million people call these kids every single day and ask for top fives and where are you visiting and what are you doing and it's just like is it even good for business to discuss those things publicly so like i'm wondering like if in five years if all these you know not everybody because no one's going to be uh you know maybe only two or three percent of recruits in a given cycle will be in in dante moore's position but if i were you know behind the scenes trying to work things out trying to figure out where i'm going to you know make the most money and which program offers me the best package. Like, I don't know if I want to talk to random two, four, seven guy or Ari Wasserman when he calls, because I have nothing to gain, but continuing to create speculation and speculation can hurt you because people, you know, jump to conclusions and they read this stuff and, you know, they think, Hey, well, he's leaning this way. I'm not going to bother with him. It's just like, the, what, what, what good comes from that? Yeah, I, I'm with you. Antonio, you've, you're covering a guy right now and he was out at elite 11 the other day as, as a counselor, but who's been through this twice in, in Caleb Williams. And I'm wondering, you know, what's your impression of him in terms of, of maturity? Because it would, it feels like 
being the number one recruit during a pandemic and then also going through that transfer process were pretty much, I mean, Eastern Michigan was offering a million dollars. So I imagine that sort of pushes you into a more mature space. Yeah. Caleb and Carl Williams, I was just talking to Ari about this the other day. They've taken a very measured kind of business-like approach throughout this whole process, even even now, um, trying to talk to them. I think I think Caleb has his own PR team um, that uh, helps set things up and stories and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, talking to Ari and Ari was like, yeah, it was like that during the recruiting process too. And, and we saw how everything kind of unfolded with – USC and then the talks of Wisconsin and, and UCLA and stuff. And you didn't really hear anything from Caleb himself. It was kind of just letting other people speak and rumors kind of fly around. And, um, you know, I think he, they're very aware of the business side of things. And, and we've seen that since Caleb's, Enrolled at USC, the deal with Beats, the the NFT deals with Linerd, and the deal with Fanatics and stuff like that. So I, I do think it kind of makes some of these guys lean more into that professional side of things. And I, I think I think Caleb Williams is kind of the the kind of the poster boy in that well, aspect, just because you know his Twitter, his pinned tweet is that Jay Z line. It's like I'm not a I'm not a businessman. I'm a businessman. So like diamonds from Sierra Leone. Great song. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, but th- so it's interesting because I'm going to talk to Max Olson later about the new big 12 commissioner, Brett Yormark, who comes from rock nation speaking of, of Jay-Z, but also was the CEO of the Brooklyn nets. And, and they picked him in part because this is going to feel a lot more like pro sports. So having a commissioner who's been in that, that world, might make more sense. And it it is interesting because, you know, I do look at Caleb Williams almost like I would an NFL quarterback. I mean, he acts like it. He has the team around him like it. A lot of that, and maybe Antonio and R, you've both dealt with him. Is that because dad is wildly successful, you know, understands the business world, that sort of thing? Or have they been learning this as they go? Well, I I think that the entire dynamic of this is surrounding yourself with the right people that you can trust. And I think that's going to be the biggest challenge. You know, there are a lot of seasoned people um, who have been through in the business that uh, business world that don't know how to navigate this. I was talking to a parent, um, you know, at the elite 11 last night, and they said that this has been more overwhelming for them than it's ever, they ever thought it would be. And they knew it would be tough to make a decision and um, you know, parse through which place is going to be the best fit for their kid. And then on top of it, you have 17 people a week calling you, telling them you what they can offer you and, you know, where you could go and all the things that, you know, they go through. And even a, a person that seems to understand how business works would have a hard time with that because you don't know the direction that you're supposed to head. So, you know, it's a really tough thing. And, and the f- most interesting thing about this entire camp to me, Andy, and, and I told this to Antonio the other day, um, but uh, I'm watching these guys. And, you know, Jaden Rashada and, you know, the other five-star prospects who were out there the other night, and it was duck and airmail and turf shot and all of these, like, terrible passes at times. You mean it's almost as if they're high school students who and, like, aren't it put, really yeah, perfect and it, yet? <laughs> and it puts in perspective a little bit, like, 
wow like this is they're very these are the best players at their position but it's like they're still like kids missing throws and i'm not saying they're not impressive of course they have wow moments and they and you can tell the, the potential that they have there but then cj stroud and, and devin leary and bryce young and caleb williams went through the same drills and it was like they were perfect like they were amazing like and the, the gap between the top players in college and the top recruits was so incredibly wide that if I were somebody who invested, let's say, you know, for the sake of numbers, $9 million on somebody um, to go to your school. And then I watched him perform. I would be like, I'm really nervous right now. It'd be like, and I told, and I told Antonio, uh, it's like almost placing a bet uh, on a football game. And if you're down 17, nothing in the first quarter, you haven't lost the bet yet, but like, you know, you'd be really nervous. So, you know, these are, these are investments in in speculative assets. If you if this is if you want to like look at these these quarterbacks, and when you go to this camp and you see it, you know you see a ton of potential and a, and a ton of ability, natural ability that most other prospects in this country don't have. But if they haven't developed yet, then you have the risk that they won't. And that to me is a is a lot of money and a big investment for something that's not arrived yet. Well, and and that's interesting because I would imagine if we'd have watched Bryce Young, Devin Leary, same thing, yeah. yeah. All those guys, when they were high schoolers at, at, at something like this, we would have thought the same thing about them. And it, it, you do grow, mature, you get better coaching, you you have so many more reps with that level of player, and uh, and you become a different different. What well, CJ Stroud went through this event two years ago, right? Or is it three right, now? Exactly. Two years like ago, three. I was there. He is he not like that? the same person, and he won. I yeah. think didn't he, he come close to winning the event when he was there. He came he in MVP. and he was a lower rated player. He won MVP, Antonio, and then he he finishes a top fifty player nationally because of the event. And like now, you watch this guy throw the ball, and it's like you're watching an NFL quarterback throw it. I mean, you you yeah. were, what did you think, Antonio? Yeah, no, I've, I've always been high on CJ Stroud and just the way he can throw the ball, and that's only been confirmed watching him even more in person just this week. Obviously, so impressive and seeing him go through the pro day and just seeing the throws he was making on Tuesday. Um, I think, you know, he's the best passer in, in college football and uh, him and Caleb Williams were really impressive. If, if only CJ Stroud had good receivers to throw, Oh wait, no, he has the best <laughs> receivers to throw to. And, uh, and, and we got a, I got my Devin Leary hat here that NC state sent me. Devin Leary delivers that dude. Somebody had a, a, a video of him from right behind him as he was throwing the ball. The ball just whistles coming out of his hand like that dude can rip it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I really appreciate about guys like Devin Leary and, and CJ Stroud and, and the guys that are, are here as counselors. Like yesterday we were watch, we were at the camp and that day well, we were there for like three and a half hours. Antonio watching them one by one and off to the side. I, I looked around and I saw that Devin Leary was sitting on one of the benches just having a, a real life conversation with one of the, the participants. J.J. Cole, who's committed to Iowa State, who also looks amazing. And J.J. was just asking him questions like, how do you command the locker room? How do you go about your business when you get there? And it was almost like he was interviewing him on how to be a college quarterback. And Devin sat there and gave him like 40 minutes of his time and really and really tutored him on like how to do these things. And it's like this is a very, very cool event because, you know, as much as it's hard to tell, like how good somebody is in shorts and in these drills, there's no pass rushers and all that stuff. There is a pretty insane collection of, of talent, uh, you know, college talent that's that's assembled there, but also the, t- the coaches and stuff. You got the Quincy Avery's of the world and Trent Dilfer's and guys that you know, I think Chris Peterson was there who gave him a speech yesterday. Like there's a lot of, of upside here for the players that participate in it. And uh, 
you know it, it's just uh it's crazy because it's like we're in this intersection between there's no there's no event in the entire country that has more quarterback talent in one place at one time than the elite 11 on the recruiting calendar but it's also like the 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 intersection between great players that are valuable to programs and like nil and all the stuff that's going on and it just like there's a lot to think about we'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm curious. So you you mentioned C.J. Stroud as as your favorite that you saw throwing the ball of the the current college QBs of the prospects. Who who surprised you? Who confirmed what you already thought? You know who who was maybe somebody you didn't know much about that you're that you're not like. Ooh, I gotta I gotta pay attention to that guy in the future. I've got my answer, Antonio. Do you have yours? Yeah, Did- Dante Moore has been looking really impressive to me. I think him, I think I've come away really impressed with Dante Moore and uh, Kristen uh, Vezina from the Clemson commit. Yep. Uh, I think I've been, yeah, I think I've been really impressed with those two throughout the week. I haven't seen them much, you know, their highlights much, but watching them throw the ball, I I think Dante Moore had probably the best throw of the day yesterday during that pro day um, uh, throwing session. Um, You just, like uncorked a ball like 40 yards downfield and right into the breadbasket of a receiver who caught it like over the shoulder and that fired up like everybody in the crowd. Um, so I, I think he's kind of been, to me, the, the most impressive. And other guys have had moments, but those two kind of stand out to me. Everybody is um, uh, impressive at this place and they've had their moments. But you know what's crazy? Uh at the end of every drill, the college quarterbacks do the same drill, right? Right. And they started in like on night one, they were competing against each other. So, you know, when you're off to the sideline and you're watching the high school guys, you know, run the drill, then CJ Stroud comes in and runs the drill. Like there's a noticeable gap between the, the high schoolers and CJ when they do, when they do it. But the person who won the entire drill the first night was Chris Parson, who's a four star, uh, four-star quarterback from Brentwood Raven. He's in Tennessee now. I think he's from the Dallas area. He's moved around a little bit, but he's rated the number 328 overall player. And I think one of the low, was he Antonio? I think one of the lower rated players at the entire event. Yeah, I think so. And he came out and was ripping the ball around Andy. And I looked at Antonio and I said, who the hell, what college does that guy play for? Cause I thought that he was, he was on a team cause they usually they have, like like Malik Willis was there last year, and I didn't know what he looked mm-hmm. like before. And I was just like, that guy is a stud. Who is that guy? And then it turned out to be Malik Willis. So I just like, he looked so good that I thought he was already in college. I mean, he, he, was, he had a big arm. 
He was accurate. Um, he was celebrating with people. Uh, he had a command about him that I was really impressed by. And, you know, Florida State's in a position right now See, where they can really – that sound you hear is Mike Norvell clapping as you as you say this. That's well, yeah, no, I was I was blown away by him, and I've been watching him. I'm going to try to talk to him at some point today and, and write a story about it because, you know, Florida State's uh, looking for a guy that can can galvanize the program. I think and getting the right quarterback in, even if it's not going to get the fanfare that Arch Manning would get, or you know, somebody like that. I know they have AJ Duffy in last year's class, so they've got guys coming in, but. You know, you you hit the right guy, and you have an. He seems to have an infectious personality too, which I, I think is is super important when you have a quarterback like that. So, you know, I don't know why he's ranked so low. I think part of it is because he's not tall. He's what is he six foot five eleven? He's six foot, yeah. But, um, but here's the thing. I mean, after this, I think he's going to be ranked. It's sort of C.J. Stroud was the same yeah. way. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see how it pans my, out there. My favorite part of the week is. Already not paying attention, then almost getting hit by a ball like a couple of times. <laughs> uh, I was facetiming. My, I was facetiming my wife to go to bed, and uh, you know, I was just off in the back of the end zone, just saying goodnight to her and the baby because we're two hours behind. And Jaden Rashada air mailed one that hit me in the side. Ooh, of the, ooh, 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 <laughs> it hit me in the side of the uh, of the leg, and I was like, "Come on, man! Like, you know, you're going to you're going to Miami now. You can't be throwing balls at, at people on the on the sideline." I got hit by two <laughs> balls on night one, and then uh, and then you know last last night. How many I, other I, people got hit by one ball? <laughs> I don't think anybody. Yeah, I think Ari's a magnet. You got to stay yeah. off the phone, dude. You're sitting there watching Texas commits and 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 waiting for the next bit of news to drop, and you're just like. You're just lost in your own world. Well, the first time I like my back was to the field because I just got there and I was checking in. So somebody missed the airmailed another pass. <laughs> it bounced off the turf and it hit me in the back of the leg. And Antonio thought that was funny. And then later, uh, Rashada gave me a nice square. Uh, he knew I was in the media and he thought it was my How's fault. How's the velocity? Everybody... It was pretty <laughs> good. The, the first one hurt pretty good. Yeah, you know. <laughs> It kind of reminded me like that happy Gilmore slap shot scene in the beginning of the movie where it like goes 100 <laughs> yeah. miles an hour, but goes nowhere near the goal. Right. Uh, it's like, you know, but my God, that slap shot. So if he can get his control down, you know, you know, it'll be an interesting. Well, thing. I, I, so. I think that's that's the Joe Milton quandary, isn't the, it? Yes. That, the same same thing where you see him throw and it's just like, that's the prettiest ball I've ever seen in my life. But it just might be going over somebody's head. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I, well, uh, today now you hadn't. It's we're three hours ahead here on the East Coast, so you you probably hadn't been out there yet. But uh, you would have been engrossed in your phone because a lot of Texas fans sending us a gotcha video today, Ari. Uh, mm -hmm. What appears to be a Texas A and M staffer saying, uh, "Those people in the suites, if you come here, you're gonna get you're gonna get they're, they're gonna give you money." Like, and the Texas fans being like, "Ooh, we got them!" No, you didn't get them. It's yeah, it's okay. It's okay. For for someone to say that if you go to the if you if you attend this school, some boosters may pay you because they can. They're allowed to do that. And you're allowed to tell them that uh, it's no different, really, than Texas or, or Georgia or Florida or Ohio State saying we have collectives here that if you are good and do well on the field, they will pay you money like that is. Perfectly within the rules. Now, if they'd have said, "I will give you one hundred forty-seven dollars and twenty-three cents if you sign, if you commit right now," that would have been against the rules. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I watched the video like four times. I was like, is he going to break a rule the fifth time I watch it? Because I, I didn't <laughs> like I don't even know. I don't even know if it's technically a breach of rule. We have to we're Under gonna the, need some oh, oh. time for the for the, the junior NCAA cops and all the fan bases to understand that, that would have been a really problem. That would have been a problem anymore. three years ago, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that there really aren't any rules. And even though there are a couple, you're gonna have to be really stupid to break them. I, and I, listen, I'm not saying that someone won't be dumb enough to break those. Like the more stories I hear about some of these NIL deals or uh, these these guys being represented by 19-year-olds who claim to be lawyers or y- you name it, like somebody's going to have a contract that says you're getting this much money to sign with School X. And the NCAA is going to be like, uh, well, we got you. So, that, but, but most people aren't going to be that sloppy or dumb, at least I, I think. Think. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. No, I, it just also too. It's like you coming here gives you the potential to make a lot of money. Is a sales pitch that every single program in America is using. Well, and they're also using because this is because some of them have to be careful with their own state laws about how they pitch that. Mm-hmm. But you're all and all of them. You're allowed to to let the like a current player or even a coach can tell someone what a what a what a player is getting can tell a recruit what a what a current player is getting so it's, yeah, it's speculation really of what you could possibly make can yeah. take any form you want to take it the, you can the say Nick it however Saban you want telling to say a bunch of texas high school coaches that bryce young had almost a million dollars worth of deals last year like that's is the same exact thing as saying all those boosters up there could give you a bunch of money exactly exactly it's the same so, thing yeah so please keep sending us the gotcha videos but i'm i'm, I'm warning you you're probably going to be disappointed because there really aren't a lot of rules left to enforce. Yes. And, and since we're talking about collectives, I kind of wanted to pick your brain. Uh, me and Ari, we've been working on a story where we ask personnel guys how they would divvy up the resources from a collective and how they would. Yeah. Build did they did they read my story that said pay safeties and, and corners? Yeah. So we want to ask you, what would you prioritize? Like we ask guys percentage wise, but it's probably too hard to break down on the fly but what would you do well so i still think you have to do it like you would the nfl draft the problem is you've got to you've got to bend the curve to account for the bust rate because in the nfl draft it, you, you you just have to take quarterbacks left tackles and interior defensive linemen and edge rushers like you have to and so those are the those are still the most important players quarterback touches the ball every time uh a great interior defensive lineman is, is the only other player, I think, who can affect every play that he's on the field other than the quarterback. So those two positions, I feel like, are the most most important. So I would probably devote most of my resources there. But the problem is the bust rate in college is so high on those. Like that, That's why when I wrote that story where I was looking at, at, at who busted less, like the safeties in the corners busted less. So what I do probably is is just load up on them in terms of value picks, like pay a little bit more to good corners and safeties than the other schools are willing to pay. So I get them and I feel like, you know, because I take if I take the highest rated ones, my chances of, of them being good are really good. And then I still have to gamble on the quarterback and I still have to gamble on the D tackle and probably probably the big O lineman you still got to gamble on. And it's just I'm probably going to be willing to gamble a little less. Like if 
if the numbers start getting crazy, then I'm probably going to be more likely to say, you know what? I'm out. You know, like like when on Shark Tank, when Mark Cuban's like, I'm out. And for like, that reason, that, I'm out. Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly. That's when I'm out is is if I start thinking you're just desperate to get a quarterback and then, and, and that's why you're, you're, you're pushing the number up. I'm going to be like, no, not worth it. It's not worth the gamble. Uh, because the chances are that you're going to find that the next one you get will be the, the good one because it's, it's really with, even with a five-star quarterback, it's, it's maybe a 50, 50 proposition. And then it goes down. So I, I'm also a huge believer in taking that, that three star. I think it's more than 50, 50. No, it's you'll about get a serviceable 50, 50. color. It's only it's 50, about 50, 50, 50, Ari. So the, what's the 50 uh, on the miss side that they're that they suck? That they that they don't become a starting quarterback for you. But like if they transfer and become a starting quarterback for somebody else, is that a miss still? Yeah, because you paid the money to get him and you missed. Oh, but I wonder if 50, 50 is. Uh, I mean, 50, 50, they become what they're supposed to be with you with you who, okay not 50 50 that they are not very good right eventually. To, who okay. devoted the resources to yeah. get them yeah, yeah i just got it i just want to see ari spend 95 percent of his salary cap on a, on a five-star quarterback one year and i wouldn't oh. i wouldn't i think that the the more seasoned the more seasoned recruiting coordinators that we talked to um said that they would it's hard to break it down from a percentage wise because the percentages would fluctuate year by year based on the scarcity of how many good players there are at that position at that given time. So in a year that's deep at quarterback, then you might be able to save some percentages. But I don't think a single one of them told me, what about you, Antonio, the safety? I don't think anybody said that. Yeah, I think most of them just said, uh, they said corner. I mean, sorry, they said quarterback, uh, left tackle. One guy said center, defensive tackle, and edge rusher, and then fill in the gaps. And then, of course, corner See, center, and receiver. Center is, is interesting one. to me because interior offensive linemen – in the NFL draft and in in high school recruiting, one they're hard to recruit. It, like they're harder to recruit in high school. Like going into the draft, you know what they are and and what positions they can play. Uh, coming out of high school, you're talking about if, if you're talking about a guy you're recruiting as a guard at, at like a elite power five level, he's probably a really good athlete. He can probably play center. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and you can and you see you can, a lot of shuffling there. Yeah, so. That's the that one. I don't know. And again, when like when I say safety, I don't mean pay top dollar, pay pay the highest yeah, end of your price. Go range. get the. I mean pay more than everyone else is paying for safeties, and pay yeah. less than everyone else is paying for quarterbacks. Now the thing that you have to take into account that's different from the NFL because you want to take the NFL approach and say, hey, these are the like I'm not going to pay a running back because there's a million of them, right? I'm not going to pay a tight Correct. end because there's only a few of them. In college, if you find a special that. running back, you you should probably pay him because you can that person can make you much much better yeah most of those uh you know recruiting coordinators said you could take an average quarterback with or i mean an average running back with a really good offensive line and make them a very good running back in college that might not be true in the nfl well very very good offensive line solves every problem you have yeah um but he said there are a few of them said and i thought it was true that you can't think about it like the NFL because if you pay a top top dollar for an Arch Manning type quarterback or the five star hit quarterback of that class and you win that auction and pay more than everybody else, your percentage might be higher on the front end of mm-hmm. the money that you spent. But that quarterback also makes you a more attractive destination for other people later on. That that could so you have to like take that stuff into account. You can't just say well, I don't want to overpay also, for there's a not a salary cap. Like yeah. you have your own individual. Like this is how much money 
you have, but everybody else, everybody isn't working from the same cap too. So yeah, but the way that we positioned it in the story was that you have X dollars and you're completely in charge of it. It only goes as far as everybody else's goes okay. uh, because I, I was very curious to see how people would react to it. And I think for the most part, people are reading be like, oh yeah, they'll spend money on, t- on tackling quarterback and, and defensive line. But I thought that the way that they viewed it here, here was another theory too. Not that not, am I giving it away, Antonio? No, I think you're fine. Okay, because he's like starting to get angry at me. I think. No, I'm good. That's that's the best time. <laughs> he's wearing a hoodie and it's 77 degrees outside. Um, it uh, the the theory was if you had all this nil money, what would you do with it? The guy said he would make his own roster right and set up a program that if you come to the school and you're a two or three year starter every single year that you come into the program, you make more money guaranteed. So if you're See, in the program the year thing. two or three then you everybody gets paid X number of dollars by making it to year three, and it promotes people to stay. It promotes people to to um, you know do things the, the way that they want them to do them. And then if you make it to being a year four player, year five player, you can make um, a nice little living while you're in college. And that has nothing to do with whether or not you get outside advertisements. Um, it has nothing to do with whether or not you get to the NFL or the league or make money doing anything else. So like to me, like promoting – the staying factor I think would be interesting. Now I don't know how that would work, how that would manifest. Well, but that's, but. that's very smart to you. See, this is, this is where the, the, the smart people will, will rise and the, the people with no imagination are going to falter and they'll, they'll fall out. And these other people will, will replace them because the key in college sports always has been, how do you work best within whatever the system is right now, because the system keeps changing, to maximize your talent? And so this person is thinking ahead, like, oh, how do I incentivize someone to stay when they could easily transfer? How do I take away that one inflection point where once they get good, then they can use that against me to, to extort, you know, to extort is probably the wrong word, but to, to <laughs> wring more money out of me because they've got some leverage. Well, if you make it where they're coming with the idea that if they're good, they're going to make more, that's probably a person who's less likely when they get good to be like, oh, I'm just going to bounce. So and also your roster is probably less chaotic. Because everybody's mm-hmm. kind of trying to work towards it. Now, that might mean more roster turnover. What if the what if the converse uh, effect of that is if you're not good enough to play there, then they they push you out of the program. You know, so it's like it makes. And it how harder. is that different than now? No, I know, but I'm saying like that's what they would have to do, and then basically you that's sell what that they already do. So that no, that won't be no, a problem. I know, for them. but they're gonna have to do it a little bit more more vigorously because that you know you don't keep people around because they're nice. A nice, uh, hardworking well, kid. That's I, I done think things the, the, right the programs, the programs that have been winning national titles or competing for national titles, have been very effective at that over the last 10, 15 years. So, but everybody in the recruiting process believes that they're going to start for three or four years anyway. So, even there's no, they're not afraid of being pushed out. Even though a lot of people do get pushed out when they're in those elite level recruiting classes later. So, I mean, I, I liked that idea, but I think that the the take care of your current roster people are are smart because. You know, you want to pay the players that are already producing, but I think at a certain point you're not going to be able to ignore the, the high school ranks anymore. So I'm very you're, curious you're not, like, what that you're still you're still gonna have to do that. But I, I do think the most money and it took look, it took the NFL doing a CBA to make this happen. Like yeah. they basically were like, why is Sam Bradford getting this much money without ever taking a snap when there are veteran guys who are making less who might be better 
and and have already proven they might be better. They they had to rule it into existence because the teams couldn't help themselves when when they could negotiate individually with the because draft the picks. future is always better than the than the present. Exactly. Whether you want to read about it or whether you want to think about it, it's like people like to to. Would you call me uh, Antonio at at the Elite Eleven a fairy tale a fairy tale spinner? <laughs> yeah, I said you write fairy tales. <laughs> yeah, so fairy tales sell. So we'll be right back after these words. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In in my mailbag, I had a, I had a guy. I had two two questions about the Texas quarterback situation with Ewers and Manning, and one of them is which one transfers first? The more cynical, I would say, realistic question. Yeah. And one guy's like, so this means that Quinn Ewers is going to win the job. He's going to be great and lead Texas to a Big Twelve title in 2023, and then he'll go to the NFL and hand off to Arch Manning, who as a sophomore will start and lead Texas into the SEC as a national title contender. And I'm like, yes. well, that's that's a nice fantasy. That's that's exactly the fantasy going through Ari, Ross, Ari Wasserman's mind right now. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to temper my expectations. But, I mean, I think we do need to talk about it for a second, though, right? Like, we I do. Mean, they're, they're, oh, they they're are, doing great. They're, they're heading the right direction here. And, like, I, I said this on Stars Matter, but, like, if Arch Manning was not in the fold, then I don't know that John T. Cook would have committed at this point. Well, you know, right. Like there, and, there's- and, and our expectations would be different. And and so, like, I went on the Orange Bloods podcast, uh, my friend Anwar Richardson, he has his, your drunk uncle's podcast. And, and I went on there and he asked me, you know, what's an acceptable outcome this year for Texas? And I said, I would have given you a different answer last week because without Arch Manning and without the slingshot effect of Arch Manning committing, I would have said there would have to be significant improvement or Steve Sarkeesian might be in huge trouble at the end of this year. Now, as long as they're even a little bit better, like six and six, Steve Sarkeesian is just fine because look at what he has coming in. He signed a bunch of offensive linemen last year. 
let's say some of them develop and because you don't you don't really expect them to come in and contribute right away with the big guys. You 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 think you may have to wait a year or so to get get what you're going to get out of them. So he can say, look, we're set up for success in 2023, regardless of what happens with the quarterbacks currently on the roster. We're set up for success. They could literally go uh, winless and he would be fine. I don't think you could go winless, but I do think 500 <laughs> would be fine. Maybe even five and seven. You think but that there's boy, a world out there where he could get fired this year? No, not anymore. Winless. They're not going to go winless. <laughs> I know. I'm just they saying got, like it doesn't matter. Louisiana Monroe, dude. I mean, um, the only thing that would suck is that you would have a hard time selling that the program's in the right direction to future recruits because. Well, you um, might you might lose those recruits, but I lose guys again, by going. I don't but, I don't think they're going to do that. But the. What happened was when I said that, because we had the the comments roll, scrolling up the side on the screen while we were talking, the fans went berserk at the notion of six and six. Like they are convinced that they're this is a nine win team at worst, that they're going to win the, you know, potentially compete for the Big 12 title. And I'm like, guys, you still don't have a good offensive line. Like that still matters. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe uh, not this year, but the next year when those guys that they signed in last year's class are ready. Well, that's what I'm saying. If if yeah. those guys develop, then we're not talking about Texas like this anymore. We are talking about Texas like they are a legit contender in the conference and on the we national. We are stage. finally. I still am. You, you, we would be me and you now. Yeah. No, I'm. You'd listen, be joining the parade. Yes, because the way they're building it is the right way. This is how you do it. This is how it works when it works. So yeah. I just need, you know, we need to see those people actually get developed. And this is no, this is not a shot at, at Sark because it's not his fault. He wasn't there. It's the previous Texas coaches were not developing players very well. The, the draft tells you that. And so as long as this staff develops the guys they're getting in now, the way they're recruiting and the, you look at the position choices, you look at the, the scheme fit choices, they're doing it the way you're supposed to. If they yeah. develop them, they're going to be they're going to be pretty good. Yep. Yeah, it's interesting to see you know, from somebody who's followed the Pac-12. You know, Sark's kind of sticking to this blueprint, but I think a lot of people in the Pac-12, you know, Washington and USC, are just like, yeah. When was the last time a Sark team overachieved? Exactly. And, that's and that's so. the other big question. I think that, that's exactly right, Antonio. And th- there is that's what everybody forgets. There's a body of work here. It's it's not like some of these other, you know, first time head coaches who we don't know what they've done. He's been a head coach at two major, major programs. And now, granted, what he took over in Washington was yeah. was a bad okay. situation and, and he made it better very quickly. But the the lack of overachievement is real. Mm-hmm. And he recruited well at Washington. Like he's set up Chris Peterson with a lot of that roster that went to the college football playoff and obviously recruited well at USC and there's always, you know, those bizarre losses um, with each program. And, you know, there was last year too at Texas. So it's kind of the the plan looks really good. I'm I'm just kind of wondering to see uh, if he can put it all together. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's state of Texas already this year. And, and, you know, the Texas fans are kind of a year behind the A&M fans on the, on the, we're, we're, we're this is definitely going to happen. We're going to be back in the national title hunt. Blah blah. It's it's moving in the same kind of trajectory. They're mm-hmm. starting to sound exactly like the A and M fans sounded a year ago. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, what would you? What class would you rather have? Let's say Texas finishes with uh, eight top one hundred players in our the one with would all you, the good D linemen. Yeah, 
That's what I, <laughs> yeah, no, you know I how I'm going to answer that every time. <laughs> like, I mean, it's probably not the wrong answer. It's like we we talk about quarterbacks, and I haven't written or thought about a, a single prospect more than I have Arch Manning. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, would you rather have Arch Manning or four or five star defensive linemen? Now, Texas could still get something. Yeah, to that effect. So I'm not ruling that out, especially given the way things have gone since Arch committed. So uh, again. The, cl- the, the class balance, positional balance, you look at the way they sign, you know, they really needed offensive linemen last year, and they went out and got offensive linemen who were being recruited by good programs. You know, they, they didn't get guys who this was their only decent offer. Like, the, these were players that everybody wanted. So that's why I'm optimistic that, that they you know, get this kind of get this thing figured out more optimistic than I've been about Texas in a long, long time. Yep. Well, uh, the th- you know, not as optimistic. Te- sorry. Well, Texas will be back when you when you start acknowledging it. So that's the litmus test. I can freak no. out and go, "Oh my God, they're come, they're they come!" Ah, and it's like, no. When, when Andy's like, you know what, they got something down there. That's when you know it's happening. Yeah, and, and I think we'll know probably by the beginning of twenty twenty three. Like when we see those big guys, did they develop a little bit? Are they are they contributing to the to the to the program now? If they are, I'm probably going to be on board. I'm not gonna lie, I may be right there with you. Now, Ari just has to work on getting you on on the USC train. Yeah, well, again, same thing. It's the same program. That's exactly so what it is, Antonio. Like, yeah. I just care how your big guys play. I don't care how anybody else does because if your big guys aren't good, you you can't win national championships. Yeah, and when when Ari asked, like, what would you rather have, and my thought went to the defensive line too. And we saw Georgia win the national title with Stetson Bennett last year. I know winning a national title with that caliber of quarterback is is rarer now. But yeah. I mean, Kelly Bryant was going to the playoff because Clemson had a great defensive line. Uh, right. And Michigan had Ojabo and Aiden Hutchinson last year with Yeah. And a very good offensive line too. I, exactly. I mean that's it's it's not it's not really a secret. It's it's been been known in in the in the sport for how long has the sport existed? 151 years. So I, I think it's it's not gonna Did you change. know it was born at Rutgers? That's what I've heard. Beating Princeton that first day. That Scofflaw Princeton program that fed me my first beer on my official visit. Yeah. Uh, I got an iPhone. Milwaukee's best has, light, by the way. Princeton colors. There you go. There you go. Now, yep. Ari, I, I got to ask you before before I let you guys go. Uh, you did a little gambling when you we got there. You're, you're gambling on, uh, on football cards these days. How did your, uh, how did your, your trip into the... To the to the Los Angeles County Orange County border, go. I've got a buddy who uh, who lives in Orange County, and I had a few hours to kill when I got here, so I went down and you know, collecting cards was like popular when we were all kids, you know. Yeah, and I don't know if people like Antonio. Not as an investment, cards. really, but yeah, I collected cards. Yeah, and they were all worthless because they overprinted them and everyone had them and whatever. And like now, cards are not worthless. They're very expensive. And like if you want to buy a, a box of football cards, a hobby box, it could be fifteen hundred, two hundred. I mean, there's there's certain boxes of cards that are like ten grand. I have a I have a twelve year old son who likes football, so I he wants football cards. It is have ten. You, it is ten dollars for a a just a decent pack of football cards if you find it at a really at a place where they don't know where how to price them. They're Ten dollars if there's nothing in them, because like right. there, there's there, there's certain packs that you can get for ten bucks, but like the stuff that has the cards, the cards that people want in them are 
can be thousands and thousands of dollars. So, you know, I like to roll the dice a little bit because the reason why they're they're priced this way is because the ser- the, the cards are serial numbered. Um, the 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 really nice ones are so that you know exactly how many there are in circulation. There are big hits. There's there's signatures. There's variations of these cards. And you know, the reason why these boxes are two thousand dollars is because there's a chance there could be a ten thousand dollar card in the box. So what does that mean to you? It's just like you buy a random box and you open it up and you hope that, you know, you hit. So well, it's, it's hit like putting box. a money line on the box, essentially. Yeah, you're basically. Yeah. I mean, it's Kino. I mean, it's just you, 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 you buy something random and you hope that there's something in it. You know, it's it's kind of like Storage Wars. You ever watch that show where people buy random storage units and then they yep. might find like the Hope Diamond in it? <laughs> I actually I, it, it, now that now that I bring that up, I would do that. Like if I knew how to do that, like I would do that. I don't oh, know that I would have the patience on to... that show. I, I, I loved that. I, I had about a month long period where I just binged Storage Wars. What was the most valuable day. thing that they've ever found in there? I have no idea because there, there was all planted in there for the show. Like, I, I find it very hard people to that actually found do this for real. <laughs> they do. But I just it was like and this is this is back before it was on a streaming service. So that you'd be watching it on linear television and as soon as that roll door went up you'd hear someone go <gasps> and then they cut to commercial and i was like no yeah, oh, show me show yeah, me what it is. is it's just a garbage bag with a hole in it um <laughs> i so i went down to, to orange county we bought a box of cards and what we did was um well a few boxes of cards and we we drafted divisions so if there were certain players that you wanted on your on to go for like trevor lawrence like the the reason why these boxes are very expensive this year is because there's five or six rookie quarterbacks and the rookie quarterback cards are the more expensive ones. So we drafted like what divisions do you want? So when we open the packs, if the card represented a team that's in a division that you drafted, that card belongs to you. So not only were we gambling on the box, but we were gambling with each other on who would get the right person. And, you know, we did the box and then we, we hit a a nice card, but there was nothing more uh, exciting than, than ripping those packs because it's kind of like a scratch off ticket. Like, and I like, it's I like, the, it's like the I door a, going up on storage wars. I'm legitimately. And like, I don't do anything that would ever impede on my ability to make, to, to pay our bills. But like, I don't think there's anything that I enjoy in life more than sweating out of bet in any regard. Well, like I would, I, I honestly would, I would honestly, if there was like, if Antonio called me and said, Hey, after, after uh, the Elite 11 today, I found this like place in Rancho Cucamonga. That's a storage unit where they got a bunch of a bunch of uh, things up for auction. Do you want to go? I would be like, yes, I would like legitimately go there. Oh, I I would pay at least ten dollars to see video of you bidding on a storage unit. I wouldn't even know. Dude, they have this website that my brother in law showed me that you can bid on. You can bid on random. um leftover boxes from like companies of, of like things that they bought like printer cartridges and <laughs> like uh, like if there's like a company go if a company gets liquidated you can but they show you just the top of the box and then you can auction it off online and they can send you the box in the mail and then you have to sell it all on ebay but like if you get the right box you can make it it's like store it might awards. be like sweet laser printer cartridges that you could yeah but like you laugh at on. that stuff but if somebody's gonna pay five hundred dollars for a few laser cartridge like and then you got it for a hundred. Who cares what the item is? You oh no, buy, I'm not a, laughing. I just yeah. I, I'm laughing at the idea of you gambling on this. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, it's just like a way to try to make an extra few dollars because it's just like I, I don't know. It's like really smart people find a way to like make more money on the money that they have, and I'm always very curious on how to do that. Like <laughs> digital storage wars. Yeah, I have a bunch of like 
leftover binder paper getting like 10 reams of paper getting shipped to my house and i've got to figure out how to dump it but you know that's fun the thing that sucks about the storage wars thing is you got to figure out what stuff's actually worth and then sell it on ebay and i feel like there's a lot of time that would have to go into it it's not just like oh i got something that's worth more than what it was when i paid for it there's a lot of work that you have to do that goes into it that i don't want to so wait did you did you get any good cards yeah we got a few but we did not make our money back oh making your money back is really really hard was the thrill of ripping the packs? Yes, worth everything it, yes. you ever hoped. So, so now, I did. I go, did a. Here's what happened. You go and sell some of them back to to. I just put them on eBay and sell the ones okay. that I don't want, and then I and I gotcha. hold because there's a, sports cards is the intersection of my three favorite things: gambling, somewhat investing in sports. Because if you get a card that's not worth something, but you believe in the player, you can hold on to that yeah. card, and then in ten years or five years or three years, it can like the values of cards fluctuate dramatically. So, so Ari's, like a Davis, just, Ari's a Davis Mills diamond hands. It's funny that yeah. you, you say that. But you know what I've bought? I've bought a bunch of Kyle Pitts cards because for whatever reason, they're very cheap. And I think he's going to be an NFL Hall of Famer. And I've bought a bunch of Davis Mills cards because I think he, they're very undervalued for him being an NFL starter. And like, you never know who's going to be great. If you look at the greatest quarterbacks in the NFL right now, it's like, where do they go? Texas Tech and Cal and stuff like there's no random. It's all random. They, and so, and, and it, well, and that also plays into your stars matter because Davis Mills was a five star recruit. Yeah, yeah. So, and I, so I, I've done that, but um, they have these things called breaks. Do you know what a break is? No. Landis introduced this to me, and I'm like, I had to delete the app because I was so addicted to it, I couldn't stop. I was doing it like God. at dinner with my wife. Um, and so basically, they put a box or a bunch of boxes of cards on the table, and they auction off spots. So you look at the boxes, and you say, well, all those boxes are worth $7,000. So if there's 32 spots for every team, then a slot should be going for thirty-two or 7000 7, divided by 32. So you auction off, and you win your spot. And then when you win that spot, you give the person who's doing the break a random number. They've got a deck of cards with... Um, with stickers of the NFL teams, the random number of the cards that are left, they 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 count it out, and when they turn the card over, the sticker of the team that is on the on that card is a, is the, is the team that you. So there's you math, are. there's bad magic tricks, like all yeah, of this. Well, it's like so, once. like it's, so. If you like watch it, it's like the stock market because if bad teams get pulled, then the auctions go up and up and up because people have a higher likelihood of hitting one of the good teams, which would be Forty right. ers because of Trey Lance. Jets because of Zach Wilson, Patriots for Mac Jones, Bears for Justin Fields. So the first one I ever did. So there's a market. There's a market where the Jets are a good team. That's oh, it's very expensive. If the Jets were the last team left, people spend a heck of a lot more than it would be to get. I don't know. Let's say, like the Jags are the most valuable team because they've got two rookies. They've got the they've got Travis Etienne and they have and, and Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence. Yeah. But anyway, my first break I ever did, I paid thirty nine dollars for a slot and a break, and I got the Bears randomly. And I hit a six thousand dollar Justin Fields card the first time I did it. Like I, I won like fifty eight hundred dollars the second I started, and I have wow. more than paid back the 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 nut of that because it's just like it's so it's so enthralling and it goes twenty four hours a day. I could pull one up right now and they'll be they'd be going at it. This just makes my head spin. <laughs> I'm, just not, I'm not built for this. <laughs> Ari's gonna be out here this week scouting which cards you should buy in three to four years. He's probably he's probably high on the Deuce there's Robinson a, card. Yeah, yeah, there's a, and then he's well, gonna get do. hit by a football while he's doing it. Well, I actually think that there's a uh well there's gonna be a large contingent of this audience that connects exactly with what I'm talking about because it's like the sports card collecting thing is really back. And sports fans who like college football in general, I mean I think I'm not a weirdo for doing that. I mean, this is a very popular thing. It doesn't thing. seem fun to me. That seems like work. 
Like what doesn't when seem fun to you? When I was a kid, you? I'd go to the grocery store, and there were the 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 three window packs of tops of eighty seven tops, the one with the wood grain on it, and it's a dollar forty nine, and I'd buy it. And if there were some players, I like if I got a Sean Dunstan card, I was happy. Like I know, but there was no value in it, so that's different. Like now, if there's but I was seven. Packs, I know, but if they have <laughs> packs why. of cards, or I was nine, out, I guess if they have if they've got packs of cards, um. Hanging in a in a Walgreens for a dollar forty nine, but there's a chance that there's a six thousand dollar card in there. Like there, it would be. It's, it doesn't make sense. There's value hanging there, so you know the, the everything is supply and demand, and the ability to do that is the the is what drives those prices. But you know it's it's a fun uh, it's a fun little hobby, and I, it it kind of brings me back to to what uh, you know I remember being as a kid, but also like the fun of potentially hitting some money. That's it for the show. Fun quarterback conversation with Ari Wasserman and Antonio Morales. Thank you to everybody who runs college football for letting everyone enjoy the 4th of July and not trying to rearrange the sport on a national holiday. We do appreciate that. But we'll be back Wednesday, presumably back to our regularly scheduled realignment freakout. We'll talk to you then.